1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM in Richmond. And we're streaming live on the Odyssey app wherever you may be. Brought to you by our friends at Crop Metcalf, the official heating and Cooling Company of the Junkies. We did put up our Junkies Poll of the Day, presented by Van Meter Homes. you got to help us decide on our $10 to 10 k play. Harvard plus 8.5 at Cornell. Roma, money line against Frosinone. Villanova, Land 10.5 against the Hoyas. Uh, somebody already tweeted and said, well, you didn't put the odds in the tweet. There's only so much you can the, fit in well, the space. Also, the
0: odds are roughly even. That's what yes. we're doing. That's the whole bit. That's the goal. Wow. Well, it's set. not
2: necessarily the goal.
0: Well, the, it's just to if keep around you can it make more money, it's,
2: it's going with the, what we believe is the best we play. We want to hit.
0: Man, the early money is all on Villanova. Yep. So you can vote at oh. Junk's Radio. But joining us right now to talk minutes.
2: some commanders is our pal John Keim. He covers the commanders for ESPN. So a busy last couple of weeks. They hire a head coach. They hire some coordinators. They fill out the staff. Uh, what are your overall impressions, John? Um, John, yeah. uh, I thought I pressed yeah. him.
0: Are you there, buddy? You got me. Oh no, no. Why does it say John Feinstein on nine? I, I don't know. Uh, I'll pick Someone, it up. I can't hear you.
2: It's John. I think we're good. He was you there. Got me? He's, he's good. Yeah,
3: you're there. Yeah. Okay, there we go. All right, good. <laughs> um, I think the imp- There's a couple things that jump out with this staff, and I think. They touched on it. You both Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. talked about it a little bit yesterday in their in their pressers. But it's something that stood out to me um, even before that was, like for example, on the on the on the offensive side, um, Kingsbury obviously a very much a, a pass guy with the air raid offense, and I know it's evolved over the years. It's it's not a strictly just pass game, but you have to have run game elements. And in Arizona, they ran the ball pretty well, but he they did build a staff that has. Guys coming from very good run systems. Brian Johnson from Philly. You had Anthony Lynn, who's been a running backs coach for many years, but also, you know, has spent a couple of years in San Francisco's run game system. Bobby Johnson from the Giants, the line coach. They had, you know, last year was not a good year for them at all. The year before, they had one of the top run games in the NFL. So you have a lot of that. And then I think the other thing that that Dan Quinn talked about in his interviews, and it's playing out is what's your succession plan on offense if the coordinator gets another job and leaves, which happened to him with Kyle Shanahan. He let, basically let that whole offensive staff go, and the offense kind of was never quite the same. Mm-hmm. And, and so here you have, like, you know, Brian Johnson. I know, you, you know he fired from Philly. You talk to people up there, and they say, you know, that they kind of pin it a little bit more on Sirianni's offense rather than Brian Johnson. But the bottom line is he's in a different position, but he's also a young, possibly up and coming coach, right? A year ago, that's what he was considered. But you have a guy who maybe can elevate to that. And if not him, you have to Pritchard, you know, quarterback's coach who was here last year. And I think there was, ex- there was um, excitement about his hiring in the organization last year because young coach, a lot of energy, et cetera. Don't know what he's going to become, but you're in that, but you have a, I think you have a stronger pipeline for elevating guys. And then, um, David Blah, the assistant quarterbacks coach, um, whom Kingsbury referred to as one of the brightest quarterbacks he'd been around, so someone he felt like would rise quickly in this profession. So I think you have a so, and those are all younger guys, and I think like with that comes some energy, maybe some maybe a few more creative ideas on how to do things, which we haven't seen enough of here in the past. And then defensively. Witt talked about bringing in different guys who again had experiences in different systems. And one of the things with Quinn, he he's not a guy locked into one way of doing things. Like you he was reared in that Seattle cover 3, goes to Atlanta, kind of starts to uh, uh, amend it a little bit and then it's very and then he runs a different style in Dallas. And, you know, he, he's a guy that will always do things in the offseason to try and grow, up, improve, whatever. And I think you see that reflected in the staff, that you're bringing guys from different areas or different staffs that maybe have some different ideas. Now, the key is then, you know, the key word is collaboration. They've used that a lot. If you really do that and you kind of incorporate a lot of ideas, then maybe you get some different um, energy um, but also better play. And, and maybe you know, so I think like that's the thing that jumps out to me with this staff. Now, how it plays out in the field, I don't know. That's just that's the initial impression. John, with
2: three former head coaches in the fold here, Lynn yes. Kingsbury and Dan Quinn, this can't be a cheap staff that's being assembled here either. And that's you know that can be an advantage. You, obviously, no salary cap with what you spend on assembling the coaching staff. It seems like they're not sparing any expense to bring in some guys with head coaching experience to to help round out. Uh, some of the, edges of the edges of the staff, especially with Lynn.
3: Right, and that's another guy, too, to bring up in that succession plan, because he's been a coordinator too, as well. So, um, But yeah, I think and with Quinn, Quinn wants to oversee this. And that's why he's giving Witt a lot of, you know, that's going to be his defense now. It's running a lot of the same principles and all that. But I do think it's always good to have a guy who's another head coach on your staff. And now you have two, but um, just to know how to organize things, to know. And also, as, as she has said, like, you know, I think Kingsbury said, like, he's been in that chair. He understands the big picture view that Quinn has to take. And I think so, like, there's an understanding that can help. Um, and, you know, I think that that's always a good thing. But um, Lynn was a big hire, I felt. Um, mm-hmm. Just not just because he was a former head coach and, and he did have success, you know, for a few years, um, but, you know, he's he's a respected coach. And I know he interviewed here last year for the OC job. Um, obviously didn't get it. But um, I think he's somebody that a lot of people like. Whether he stays as a position coach or rises up, I think he's a guy that a lot of people um, seem to like and, and respect.
0: John, I listened to your podcast this morning. I often do. I recommend to everybody. And you, <clears throat> you commented, like, it's obvious to everybody, right, that Kingsbury is, I don't want to, I mean, kind of aloof. Like, he certainly doesn't give a crap about what the media thinks, right? No, he
3: does not. He does
0: not care. And, no. and, uh, so I, that was news to me. I didn't know that was his deal. Um, and I just wonder, you said that's not unusual. I think you referenced, right. you know, cause offensive guys, they like to be in the film room and watch film and yeah. they're geeky and whatever. I get it. But I also feel like you have to have a certain amount of, like, uh, Gravitas, or like a persona, or you know, something to maybe relate to guys. I know he's a former player, he's been around locker rooms his whole life, but I I don't know. Can you are there other kind of like nerdy kind of guy? I mean, there
3: are a bunch like, of nerdy guys, but like the sports. guy in
0: Miami's a nerd, but he's super charismatic.
3: Like, he, he is, and you know, um, I mean, Ben Johnson is that way, and right. now he was uh, to me when I watched his press conferences. He was a lot more expansive, and uh-huh. and there was a little bit—I wouldn't say banter, but there was a little bit more personality. Something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the big key is when you're listen. Belichick is a, is dour as they come in front of the media, and and but that's an they, act. It, it is an act, right? And and so, but it is my point in that. Oh, is it's how you present yourself to your team, mm-hmm. and really, what it comes down to for an offensive coordinator, as much as anything, is. Do they believe in what you 're telling them? Do right. they b- have belief in the plan that you're presenting mm-hmm. because that's ultimately what matters and like Kyle Shanahan was really, really good at that, and mm-hmm. he was not always you know there was some aloofness to him here mm-hmm. now he was like I loved interviewing him because he w- he could dig deep into you know an offensive game plan or you know the plan preparation for that, et cetera because there's a deep passion there and he was, he was happy to share it. Um, but he was also had some aloofness to him as well. Mm-hmm. And, but in front of the team, you know, he knew he could present it very, very well. And they always had confidence in what he was telling them mm-hmm. and selling them on the plan. So that's going to be the key. And, you know, I think, I think it seems like it's, he's done a, I think he did a pretty good job with that in Arizona, my understanding, mm-hmm. but that will be the key more so than in front of us. And, some of the questions, too, that he, he was asked that when I referenced some of that is on Caleb Williams. Well, he can't say anything mm-hmm. about him because he knows, like, that's where the head coaching experience also comes into play. Like, well, I know if I say X, yeah. Y, or Z about Caleb Williams, it's like, uh, to be honest, like, for, for us on ESPN, if he says Caleb Williams is the best prospect in the draft, well, of course, that's a headline. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, what is Washington, you know, and it's not something that they really want to have. And, you know, and same with the Raider situation. If you say something the wrong way, it's a headline.
0: What really and did happen, in, in your opinion, from what you dug around and
3: found out? He got a three-year deal. <laughs> so right, There's security, right? I mean, you know, I know, like, you know, Magic, Colorado, you got a three-year deal, man. Like, this is a – and I also I also think that – and I don't know that this was part of it, too. I don't. But I know that um, the Dan Quinn hierarchy – a lot of people were calling these guys, and that always happens anytime there's a new coach, right? You're going to get guys, but there were a lot of people that were that I think wanted to work with Quinn, and I don't know how much of that is at play here, but the bottom line is he, just like free agency, you get a good deal, mm-hmm. you're going to go somewhere, and, and I think that was certainly a part of it, how much the Kia, you know, I mean, that's, it was good security, but um, I do think that there's, you know, you look at the staff and it's a pretty good staff, it looks like on paper. And I do think some of that is reflective on what others outside here um, thought about Dan Quinn.
2: John, what can you tell us about Lance Newmark, the new assistant GM? <clears throat> he's been with the lions for 26 seasons. I mean, he, yeah. he survived a lot of losing in front of his regime, turn man. for, for two and a half decades uh, there in Motown.
3: <clears throat> that's, that's hard to do. Man. It's impressive. Like, it, yeah. It's, Anytime – it's like if you remember a guy like Kirk Olavadotti here way back in the day was a linebacker's coach, mm-hmm. and he kept surviving like – he survived like three or four regimes because he was respected as a coach for what he did in that role. And, you know, I think – so anytime you do that, it's like it has to be whether or not he can be the lead guy, I don't know. I know he interviewed for that in Detroit. They clearly went, they went outside the organization and did well with Brad Holmes. But there's a couple things. One, obviously Martin Mayhew knew him very well having worked with them for, I think it was like eight years in Detroit, at least, maybe more, I think it was long, maybe longer than that. And so that, that helps. Um, he's, sounds like a respected scout, um, but, you know, and, and I know he had interviewed or been blocked from interviewing for a couple of jobs in the past. So, but I think it's, you know, just another, I think a respected college scout, if not, you know, especially in that area, Right. So I think that's what he adds. And it's interesting, though, because it is the one big front office move by Peters, which, you know, I don't know how this is going to shake out after the draft, but it also gives them someone else before the draft who is an expert in that area um, to help with their evaluations.
2: Talking to John Kine from ESPN.com. Surprised that Mayhew and Herney are staying on in some sort of capacity?
3: Um well not I mean after this <clears throat> if you would ask me after the season, right after the season when, when Rivera gets fired, yes. But after with Peters coming on board that changed it because he had worked with him. And then, you know, we reported a couple weeks ago that he would be staying um on board. So in that sense, no. And then I think like with Herney is as much he's in a, he's in an advisory role. And I know that he was somebody that became one of the respected voices that that Josh Harris would talk to during the season and all that, just for his input. Um, So I think that certainly helped. But, again, it's an advisory role. So um, I'm not based on how it, you know, again, if you asked me on whatever day at the end of the season, yes. But after Peter's hired, no.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: If you had to bet right now with that number two pick, you said that they didn't say anything about Caleb Williams. I was trying to interpret what Kingsbury said about the type of quarterback he wanted.
3: He didn't help there. No,
2: He didn't really help other than, you know, he said Patrick Mahomes, so then you think Caleb Williams.
3: What would your bet be right now? Ugh. Man, I go back and forth, and this is going to sound like a wishy-washy answer, but, mm-hmm. but it's like it's hard because the one thing he did say is, well, you need to be able to move. Yes. Well, guess what? Both Drake May and Jaden Daniels can move. Different levels, Yeah, but
0: one Different. moves a whole lot better.
3: He does, but one also gets hurt a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that would be, a, to me, for Daniels, like there's a lot of electricity to his game, but that, when you see the hits he takes, you cannot, cannot survive that way in the NFL. I mean, you look at a lot of these guys who are running now, like what, you know, you start to see a wearing down. And good to see Lamar Jackson bounce back, but you know, had a couple years with that. Jalen Hurts seemed to have some issues just with getting worn down a little bit, perhaps, right? So I don't think you want – if you can you can remove that from Jaden Daniels' game as far as, like, the hits he takes, learning how to avoid those in the NFL, I think you go with him. You know, short but, you know, the, the, the traction – to may, and when you watch the film, like Daniels was really, really good this year, mm-hmm. and so it's it'd be really hard to pass that up, but if you do, and like right now, in the mocks, I've had the early mocks <clears throat> that you get asked about i always i keep putting May, but I think it's very, very even, and um I can definitely see daniels emerging in the end and again this is a wishy-washy answer but john's like think, our
2: ten dollars to 10k where we had two votes for one play two votes for the other play and two yeah, votes for hard. the other
3: it's hard yeah it's very hard because like may has the prototypical size the problem is like you see some of those games like you kind of somewhat sometimes came away eh, under Want to see a little bit right you want to see a little bit better the hard the hard part with Daniels is again like you see the hits that he takes and like you just can't survive like that in the NFL. And you cannot overlook that aspect. He's not a big guy. I mean he's tall, which is great, and he throws a really good he throws a really good deep ball. I think there's a lot there's a lot that I really like about his game. That's the part that would concern is, me. Can you protect yourself? If you can, then he's the guy.
0: Is there any evidence from his college tape that he knows how to slide?
3: And I'm not kidding. <clears throat> no. Because he doesn't do it, I, he he. And then again, that's I've seen just,
0: the hits. I've seen the hits that are yeah, out there. He
3: tried to hurdle a guy. <laughs> he tried to hurdle a guy against Florida State in the middle of the field, mm-hmm. and and the what you expect to happen happened. Mm-hmm. That's that's the hard part. Now I admire. The competitiveness, you just have to say, like, listen, and, you, and you, you know a lot of times what people say, well, it just takes one hit in the NFL, and that's what you're, you're going to get. Yeah. Well, we saw Robert had a hard time learning that when he was here. Mm-hmm. And so not everybody gets that right away, and do you, and especially when you have that mindset. Now, the thing that, I mean, he does throw a nice ball. And the hard part in the evaluation for both those quarterbacks is one guy is thrown to two top ten receivers, and the other guy is not. How much, now, that's not to say you automatically discount what he did. You can't, because C.J. Stroud threw to a number of top you know, first-round picks. And you could see, like, well, you have to separate that. Like, and I asked someone about that. said, like, yes, he, he is. But then you're looking like, I think it was Jordan Reed, the draft analyst. I had him on there. It's like, how do you separate that? like, you do, but you also have to see, is he leading them into more? Is he, lead, you know, is he mm-hmm. making them better as well? And the answer is yes. All and, right, John. And so. Yeah, sorry. We've got <laughs> so to run. watch the answer, man. Plenty John of time to talk
2: about us. John Kime covers Thank the you, Commanders man. for ESPN.com. Remember, get your vote on our $10 to 10K play at Junk's Radio. We're going to settle on that before the end of the show. But coming up next, it is our Costco cookie challenge. We will mm. try the Costco cookies. You guys will say yay or nay. Don't go anywhere.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,